tell your friends, the Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max Show, counting down to Christmas as we uh, get closer and closer. Marky Mark and ye old funky bunch. You guys have fun playing with your uh, your brand new saw this weekend. <laughs> My dude? brand new twenty year old saw. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's new to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Created a lot of sawdust. Big project. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you guys in your house? Do you uh, go to Jane and say, "Hey, I made a mess downstairs. Go clean it up, woman." No. Okay. Oh, no. I didn't think you did, but no, you know. that's that's what the shop vac and and my and dust masks are for. <laughs> yeah. I made a joke one time like that to Ladonna. Yeah, and I'm not kidding. Uh-oh. I mean, you know, have you yeah, recovered got, yet? No. Why? <laughs> I only tell people I hurt my back in a tornado, dude. <laughs> so the rest the of the story get, comes out. The Paul Harvey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wrong comment. Wrong time. Anyway. Oh man. <laughs> uh, now it's uh, we we went from 70 degree temperatures last week down to freezing, mm-hmm. and uh, which means that between now and Christmas we'll have a couple of days where we're wearing short pants and uncovering the pool. Yep. And yep. then it'll snow. So. <laughs> the debate by, is on by this weekend we'll be back up to the 70s again right it's just it's we this time, time of year make if you if your heating and air system has any issues this is when it's oh. going to break down because oh, yeah. it's going to be switching back and forth between the two all week yeah. long it's crazy oh, it's so funny because you know when uh i had the air on a little hannah's like dude it's 40 <laughs> degrees outside i'm like yeah but you know i'm planning ahead it's hot in here she goes Hey, Dad, you think of opening a window, maybe? No. Come on. Climate control inside. You want to chase all these animals around the neighborhood? No. Exactly. LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Max Show with, you know, Mark, as we do head into uh, Christmas, which is always a lot of fun, I mean, from a spiritual standpoint, it's an amazing time to reflect and acknowledge why we celebrate. And then, you know, of course, it's the fun part of Santa Claus and oh, things yeah. like that for kids. And, you know, I, I will tell you that there are some uh, hyper-religious people who do kind of unhook from the world and get mad about it. And, mm. you know, like to point out that Santa and Satan and all that. And, oh, and I, I, I do get that. I do. I just yeah. don't, I don't like it. But I understand why uh, some folks can be that way. Uh, I just don't want to be that way. I, I want there to be a magical thing for kids because, you know, children don't have, you know, they have so many things in this world that are going to be weird for them and bad for, you know, that to give them this one little thing for a few years as a child, I think is a cool thing. Yeah. I think it's fun. And I do think it kind of brings families together because it is that one time when you've got these children that have that kind of wonderment Yeah, and, you know, they, they don't get into the science of Santa. Now I can <laughs> explain it and you can explain it, yeah. but you know, it's like, I still think that there are some really cool movies about Santa Claus, and I like watching them. Yep, yep, me too. I like which is your is the Christmas Story still your favorite? Christmas Story is is there at the top. I mean, yeah. just just for as just a movie, for, it, as it, a movie, it's just right. just for fun. The mm-hmm. uh, the actually one that I really really like that's it's kind of a sleeper that. It's Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. That's a I was, great movie. How funny. I'm yeah. the exact same way. I yeah. feel the exact same the way. The first one was great. Yep. The second one was was pretty good. And they could have done, they could have just stopped then. You yeah. Know, just, just, okay, you're winning. Stop. Right. Just stop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, well, uh, I watched the yeah. first one. I didn't watch the other two. Yeah. Uh, and 
my reason was because I kind of assumed the second one would be like that. And yeah. I just, I liked the first one and I'm glad you brought it up because it is a neat little story. It really is. You know, but it deals with so many other things, uh, that we deal with in life. And I just thought it was a fascinating, uh, take on it. And I, I liked it. I yeah. really did. Also, whenever I look at it, I think Tim Allen is one of those guys who for one brief moment in time, he had the number one television show yeah. in the country he had the number one movie in the country and he had the number one book in the country all yep. at the same time. He did. Yeah. That kind of trifecta doesn't happen all that often. It doesn't. But, all right. So anyway, we've got Santa time. And, and I, again, every year when we mention Santa, I, I do get the emails and I just want y'all to know, yeah. I understand it's, yeah. you know, and the thing is, is that, you know, all my children, uh, grow up knowing the difference between things and, right. uh, I didn't prevent them from enjoying the Santa th and, stuff. So. And the, the question you have to ask yourself, if, if you're going to, if the, if that's the hill you want to die on, okay. Yeah. Is how many people are you winning to Jesus by arguing <laughs> about this? Yeah. All right. That would be none. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show with the soundtrack for your life all day long. Um, we, do thank you for listening and always try to ask you to share it with somebody today man it's a great um way to share your faith you know by saying mm -hmm. hey i'm listening to this because somebody might go well what's that who is it why yeah and there you go there's your open door yep and and then when they tune in they could hear us talking about 232 <laughs> skiing santa you know there you go it's the spiritually deep radio show yeah <laughs> a main resort a resort in maine Said a total of 232 people donned Santa Claus costumes and took to the slopes on skis and snore, uh, snoreboards? <laughs> <laughs> snowboards to raise money for a local nonprofit. The Sunday River, River Resort in Newry, Maine, said the 21st annual Santa Sunday event featured 232 Santas wearing red hats, red coats, and white beards, ringing sleigh bells, and taking on the slopes of the resort's Broadway Trail. The event raised more than $5,000 for the the river fund uh for the river fund maine a non-profit that aims to create a bright economic future for the community by investing in the education of the area's youth and by harnessing the recreational assets of the region so says the resort mm -hmm. the skiing santas each made a 20 dollar donation to participate in the event and the resort provided day-long lift tickets for all participants as well as extra tickets for return visits wow yeah good for them yeah not something I'd be doing, you know, but I, the Santa, uh, mainly because skiing is not something that comes second nature to me. No, no, no. But wait a minute, Mark. I'm just, I got to take that back. If I was able to put all that extra padding in there, you know, <laughs> that maybe, might be a way to go. Maybe so. Yeah. Dude, you remember when uh, I, my, I took my youth group up to Tennessee uh, for a ski thing and <laughs> I had Andrew and Tyler both went. Now the girls didn't want to go. It was, you know, Hannah was very little. Haley wanted nothing to do with it because yeah. you know, it was going to be freezing cold. And so I took Andrew and Tyler with me with my youth group. And um, Tyler, that Andrew and Tyler had never been skiing. I'd never been snow skiing before. And I'd been water skiing, never snow skiing. And this is before YouTube where you could actually kind of figure it out a little bit. And so all I knew was, well, as the leader of this group and leader, I mean, not like, you know, leader of the ski people, but John, John Walden, you know, yes. bless his heart was still in my youth group then. Wow. Now John, of course, you know, you want to talk about weird, but anyway, so John kind of was like the, 
he was the older guy in the uh, youth group. And I said, let him take the ones who could ski, you know, up on the bigger lift. And I stayed with those who couldn't on the bunny lift. Well, you know, high schoolers, man, and <laughs> middle schoolers, they're not admitting they can't do anything. Oh, no. Black Diamond! So, yeah. So they all go to that one. Meanwhile, I got Tyler, who, like I said, Tyler was only there just, you know, because. And so I'm like, well, let's do the bunny slip. We'll learn how to do it. Well, Tyler had been playing that video game, the James Bond game. Oh. And it was that inner, it was really, really advanced. I don't even know which version. I don't know what it was on, but I know that, like, the controller, when it, it actually rumbled and stuff. And so, like, when you shot the gun, it moved. Okay. When you skied, it moved side to side. And so, in this movie, you know, or I mean, the video game, there was skiing. And you had to learn, you know, basically how skiing worked to actually get James Bond down the hill hmm. to get the bad guy. Yeah. I kid you not, Tyler had never been on skis. And we go to the little bunny learning hill. And I'm telling him, okay, here, just we'll go down together and blah, blah, blah. I'm checking my bootstrap and he's down the hill yeah he's going down like he has always skied his whole life he goes all the way down to the bottom never falls he's doing moves side to side he's six years old and i'm like i was scared to death so i'm trying to catch him and of course <laughs> i'm catching him by falling on my stomach on my butt on my leg i'm crawling on my belly like a reptile leaving the skis at the top just trying to get to my six-year-old son who i'm petrified and he's like dude that was fun let's go again <laughs> what me <laughs> uh, so we finally get back up i'm like well i guess you can go down the bigger hill now and we as we're going up now he has just done this by himself you know and i'm recovering we get to the get on the uh wreck to take us back up to the bigger hill now and at this point half of my adult my youth group now half of them that followed john walden uh, and megan up to the top well they didn't know how to ski mm-hmm. so half of them now they're at the bottom they are totally covered in snow and ice and everything else they're all holding their skis they're all miserable they've already given up they've gone down one time you know and it's like <laughs> and they want they're like well what do we do next i'm like this is our activity for the day guys we're you know this is we're skiing it was a ski trip for the youth group but what do we do now i'm like you didn't even go you didn't make it down one time and i you go so, through those doors and uh, get hot chocolate. That's, that's what exactly what they did. And I, I'm like, well, where's Wallace Gallagher? Let's get them all in there, Wallace. So that's meanwhile, funny. Andrew, his socks are all stuck to the bottom of his boots now, you know, on the inside yeah, and yeah. it's hurting his feet. And I'm like, and meanwhile, Tyler just wants to go down the big hill. And I'm like, okay, let's fix Andrew. Come here. We'll fix your socks. Tyler, let's go. Okay. Mm-hmm. We go back up. Now we're on the ski lift, right? And, at the top of the ski lift, it's like an ice sheet. And so oh, as I'm watching man. ahead, people are coming out of the bucket thing. And instead of skiing gently and getting ready to start there, there, it's like a mass wreckage thing of ice. <laughs> and as people are coming off the chairlift, they're getting dumped on other people. And it was like, so there's a cushion to fall on. <laughs> Granted, it's a human cushion, but hey, it's there, Mark. And so I'm telling Andrew and Tyler, hey, man, be very careful. We got it. We don't want to hurt these people. Now. Andrew gets off. He angles and gets away. His skin, Tyler does the same thing. Of course, what did I do? I got my ski caught on somebody's ski mask and ended up face planting right on top of an old woman and an old man. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. And he's like, dude, I'm just trying to get up. Oh, I bloodied this poor woman's nose. Oh, no. And my thought was, okay, there's six people here. And I'm, I got two boys going down the hill without me. I need to go ahead and go. Somebody else clean up this bloody mess, okay? <laughs> so I get Andrew and Tyler to stop. And I'm like, dude, don't go down without me because we got to go over some rules here. 
And again, now Tyler has never been skiing. Andrew's never been skiing. Now they're both ready to go down this thing. And I'm, I've never been snow skiing. Wow. So I'm giving them, re- I'm, if you start going too fast, fall down. Just fall down. And okay, Dad, Tyler takes off. Andrew's, dead. they're going down like, I mean, I'm thinking Franz Kilmer. You know, the remember the Innsbruck Austria Olympics? That's what I'm watching. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, where's Howard Cosell to call this? And we're going down. And I'm telling Tyler, I'm like, dude, just fall down. He's going way too fast. And he's going side to side like a slalom thing. I'm like, just fall down. Andrew, catch up to him and knock him down which means oh go faster okay i'm trailing behind thinking i thought the fat guys going downhill got to go faster isn't this physics oh my gosh you know what finally made them stop what's that i fell down (laughs) they came uh, they stopped and came back to help the old man So there you go. Yeah, now I I really want to go skiing with Santa Claus now. Right, yeah. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. As you go through the holiday season, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for traveling around, seeing friends and family maybe you haven't seen in a while. You'll be able to compare notes about your children and grandkids, but I dare say... Most of us are going to lose the argument about my kid smarter than your kid, <laughs> unless your kid is a 15-year-old that just graduated college. Yeah, there is a 15-year-old boy. He's set to become the youngest graduate in the history of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, when he's presented with his fifth degree this week sometime. <laughs> hey, wait, I've heard about the third degree, Mark. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Yeah. LaDonna's going to call me. Hey, Dave, is this real? Because I thought Sheldon graduated at 14. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Well, 15-year-old Jack Rico is scheduled to graduate with a bachelor's degree, and officials said the accomplishment will make him the youngest graduate in the history of their school. Rico previously earned four associate degrees in two years from California's Fullerton College. He graduated from Fullerton at the age of 13, becoming that school's youngest ever graduate. Rico said he stuck it. Uh, he struck out to find his own path to education after failing the third grade. What? Yeah, he co- he told uh, KTNV TV, "No one child is the same. In that, some kids have uh, thrive in a public school setting; others thrive in a homeschool setting. And I feel like it should be the kid's choice." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, the, "Good for him, but of course he's you know." <laughs> yeah. Right. He's, yeah. He's yeah. got a lot of life experience. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, next thing you know, he's going to be telling you, telling you that mm. you should let your children choose whether they want to be boys or girls. There That's a go. dangerous, slippery slope. You, you don't want to wow. go there. I mean, wow. what do you think this is? TV? <laughs> 15 years old, man. Yeah. Good for him. Well, 13. Come on. Two, right. Yeah. Two year uh, associate degrees at the age of 13. That's pretty impressive, too. I guess I'm just kind of thinking because um, Cal State Fullerton, where he actually when I mm-hmm. was looking this up, because that's where I actually grew up near. Right. And um, Cal State Fullerton is near Eastside Christian Church, where I actually was baptized. Mm. And uh, so I have a lot of very fond memories of that whole area. Plus, of course, Cal State Fullerton, great baseball program. But this is a kid who would never know that because, well, he's <laughs> actually smart and doing things in college you're supposed to. <laughs> he is Sheldon. <laughs> man, bless his heart. What yeah. I wonder what you do, you know, when you're like that. OK, obviously, you know, brilliant and uh i'm really wondering i mean what do you do with life like that you know i mean you're asking me 
No, that's why it's just you know throwing it out there to the universe of wow. I mean, it's awesome, but really, what do you do when you're already a human computer? You know, what do you do? I don't know. Uh, maybe work at the Lowe's or the Walmart. I don't know. I, you know what? I bet, and I'm not kidding, Mark. I bet he could make a fortune working for the yak woman on the carnival thing. You know, he could guess and wait or something. You know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, Mark, there's a story, and I'm glad you included this in our prep today. Because, well, I saw this last week, and go ahead and let's do the story, because I don't recall this actually happening when it did, okay? Oh, okay. And and so I found out this guy's been in in jail for six years. Yeah, yeah. And he... Wow, you know, he yeah. could actually get himself out of jail pretty much. <laughs> a former deep sea treasure diver. He's a t- treasure hunter. He's preparing to mark his sixth year in jail for refusing to disclose the whereabouts of 500 missing coins made from gold found in a historic shipwreck. Research scientist Tommy Thompson has been held in contempt of court since December 15th of 2015 for that refusal. He's also incurring a daily fine of $1,000. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Thompson's case dates to his discovery of the SS Central America, known as the Ship of Gold, in 1988. The Gold Rush-era ship sank in a hurricane off South Carolina in 1857 with thousands of pounds of gold on board. That's uh, contributing to an economic panic at the time. Despite an investor's lawsuit and a federal court order, 69-year-old Thompson still won't cooperate with authorities trying to find those coins according to court records federal prosecutors and the judge who found thompson in contempt thompson says he's already said everything he knows about the coins thompson pleaded guilty in april 2015 for his failure to appear for a 2012 hearing and ha- and was sentenced to two years in prison and a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine but thompson's criminal sentence has been delayed until the issue of the gold coins is resolved Federal law generally limits limits jail time for contempt of court to 18 months, but a federal appeals court in 2019 rejected Thompson's argument that the law applies to him, saying his refusal violates conditions of a plea agreement. <laughs> After technology problems canceled Thompson's latest virtual hearing last week, federal judge Algernon Marbley scheduled a new hearing for January 7th. So but he, he says, now I dug into this because I'm like, okay, yeah. at some point, you know, contempt of court stuff, like they mentioned, 18 months, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he says he doesn't know. He doesn't have the answer they want. Right. And that's what he, and so I kept digging back. I'm like, wait, this has been going on for nearly 10 years, okay? And he says that he does not have the answer they're looking for, you know, that he can't answer the, he can't tell them what they want to know. Therefore, he can't get out of jail. Hmm. It's like, that's what he says. Now, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking over this whole thing and it's very involved. Okay. Between what they found and what he did and you know, the claims on things. But I mean, what would happen, Mark? I mean, just let's just say for the sake of argument that he's being truthful in this matter Hmm. and that he really does not know. Yeah. I mean, can they really keep him in prison, you know, forever because he can't give them the answer they want? Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they started off by hitting him with a two a, a fine of a quarter right. million bucks, yes. right? Yes. And stuck him in the pokey for two years. Yes. And he's still 
Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't that, know if they that can sentence or not. actually was delayed. That sentence was actually delayed because they're trying to get answers on the other info, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's and it's not prison prison. That's the other part of this. You know, yeah. when you're serving a, a sentence like a contempt of court thing, usually you're at the county jail. You're not in big boy yeah. prison yet. Anyway, I don't know. There's so much more to this story than just the idea that the guy is being held in contempt of court because he won't answer a question. But it comes down to thieving. You know? Yeah. They they're you know. It's not like Mark and Mac decide to go on a treasure hunt with our little counter out there on the beach. You know, these guys, they research, they spend a lot of time and money getting together to find these incredible treasures they believe are out there. Yeah. And so everybody, you know, is involved in the risk. And when somebody finds it, then, well, there you go. Here's your payoff. And so everybody shares in that, you know, that's involved. And that's where this all comes down to. Yeah, I found it, but finders keepers, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. it's fascinating because I thought surely there's, you know, there, there's got to be more to this story yeah. and there is, but ultimately he's claiming he doesn't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the answer you want. And they're like, well, until you give us the answer we want, you're going to sit there in jail. Wow. And, and and incur a daily fine of a thousand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's already over a million bucks. Six. You know? Oh, he's over two. Almost two point yeah. two million. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's uh, three hundred and sixty-five times six times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a there lot of money. <laughs> Bottom line. Yeah, he's in jail. He owes a lot of money. He's now sixty-nine. When he started, he was only fifty-nine years old. I said mm-hmm. only. You know, but now, hey, you're pushing seventy times up. Yeah. At some point, you know. At some point, you have to balance this between, you know, mm. I don't know. I'm I, just curious. What if he really doesn't know, Mark? Yeah. What if the man really doesn't know and he's being held in jail because he doesn't know? Right. And <laughs> how much can he get if he sues these people? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. LifeRadio.fm, the Market Mac show, and uh, the the music all day long is the soundtrack for your life. You will you will be in a better mood listening just to the music. You will enjoy. I you will be in a better mood. <laughs> yep. Or your money back. Now, Mark, you actually, um, your brother is uh, doing some traveling right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing some mission work in the Philippines. Now he's friend. This is your brother that lives in Alaska, right? You want to talk about a shock to the system, I mean, buddy? You go from forty below to to the Philippines. I'm just, I'm just thinking you and your brother growing up, you know, and you're sharing a room, and you got the tape going down the middle of the room, and yeah, you know, this is the the demilitarized. This is the DMZ over here. And then as soon as your brother's old enough, he goes to Alaska. He's like, "How far can I go to get away from my brother, Alaska?" That's funny. And now he picks the Philippines. It's like so. Mm-hmm. Bless his heart. That's a. You're right. That's not just culture shock. I mean, yeah. that's good going to be i mean how does your body recover from that i don't know i don't know i've told i've told the story here about him coming to visit when he was in the air force and he was stationed in alaska and i got up one morning and couldn't find him and he'd made coffee so i knew he was there but uh, i finally it's 30 degrees outside uh january we're you know here for us we're like are you crazy don't go outside we're in that nook of the north all bundled up yeah it's exactly right we're going outside we're putting on everything we own you know yeah i walk out on the front porch he's standing out there watching the squirrels play in the in the trees (laughs) blue jeans t-shirt barefooted cup of coffee you know (laughs) i said dude you're gonna freeze he said oh this this is nothing (laughs) but he's but he's but and he's got some great stories about his air force days in alaska about the snow piling up and no, they, the place that they would go to off of the, uh, the nearest town to the base, um, 
when they would uh, would go into shop or whatever, they didn't have parking meters. They had places to plug in your block heater for so your car wouldn't oh. freeze while you were in the oh. store. <laughs> wow. Now that's not something you think of. No. <laughs> you know, they said they would wow. all get all dressed up in their heavy gear with their you know their muckluck boots and their parkas and all that stuff and pile in a truck to go to the movies and the the you know the little heat thing it, uh, the yeah. temperature thing on the dash it never got out of cold from oh <laughs> it never got out of cold the the truck would never warm up so that's Man. why they all bundled up because the heat wouldn't work because the truck wouldn't get warm enough you know so i'm i kind of understand now why he's on a mission trip to the philippines yeah, okay just he's just going it out there he's going to thaw out for all those years he's spent wow <laughs> he's spent up there but he's told me he wants to retire in the philippines really and i said really that's that's a long way from home he said yeah but you know and he turned to his his wife Jana, who's from from the Philippines. Her family's okay. there. Okay. He says uh, he says how much did so and so spend on their house? She says twenty five hundred. They, oh. they built a house for twenty five hundred dollars. <sighs> I said, oh, wow. Oh, I think I'm going to buy the lot next to you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now our, we could actually break that down and determine what they got. But twenty five hundred bucks in the Philippines, you can build yeah. a house. I'm there. Yeah. Well, that sounds like retirement for Dave. He said, <laughs> yeah. The, the properties. Property's low. Your dollar goes a long way. Yeah, I think yeah. so. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, when we get done with the show today, you know, technology <laughs> allows us to do a lot of things, Mark. Now I want to know what he paid for his van because he just put pictures oh. on Facebook of his brand new van that he bought in the Philippines. He's on a mission trip <laughs> in the Philippines. He's not going to stay there, but he bought a van, right? And right. I'm thinking, buddy, why did you wait? Are you just going to leave it with the in-laws when you leave? That's probably what he's going to do. Yeah, you know, sure. But I, I'm thinking he buy he bought he bought a brand spanking new little Suzuki K van, a little tiny tiny thing. Not a car you can find in the U.S. I don't think. No, no, it's kind of like a blown up smart car. It's it's yeah. a little bitty thing, and he's paying five and a half bucks uh, to get it detailed a couple yeah. of times a week. You know, <laughs> it's like wow. Wow. What are you doing, man? Are you coming home? That's what we well, all want to know. <laughs> well, you look at how they, you know, anytime I see video out of the Philippines, and I'm not knocking, I've never been there. Yeah. I mean, but I, you do see people driving around on like three wheelers, you know, the oh, little yeah. Yeah. scooter things, and yeah. they give people rides. They don't all have yeah. vehicles. A lot of people ride motorcycles. Little motorcycles, so little motorbikes. This yeah. little tiny van that he's got, you know, it's, uh, it's he, one it's step huge up. compared to everything yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there was a company, and I'm going to have to look into this a little more. They had developed uh, an air-compressed engine. Uh, it was called the Tata, T-A-T-A, uh, car company. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were focusing on selling this car in the Philippines and Indian places where, you know, you have a lot of short-range vehicle travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it ran on compressed air. And it uh, was a fascinating idea. I've seen it sounds like a popcorn machine going off. But I thought when I saw his van, that was my first thought. Is that <laughs> running on an air compressed engine? You know, no, nah, it's got a chipmunk under the hood. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show weekday mornings. Great music all day long. We're now uh, counting it down to Christmas. And hopefully you're going to have a great time, you know? Yeah. I was noticing on Christmas vacation that the family all came together way before Christmas Day. Yeah. And it made me wonder how many people do that. I'm not knocking anyone, you know, for what they do. I've just never really thought about that. Hmm. You know, when whenever we've gotten together with family, show up the day of and leave the day of, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, it's just, can you, I can't imagine doing that where... Well, you think about it. That was he. He kept talking about the uh, the Griswold 
uh, what's the old fashioned Griswold family Christmas or something like Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. A traditional thing. Yeah. And that's what he was. I I think that's what Clark was going for was having all of those people (laughs) together for the holidays. Yeah. All of the holidays, (laughs) which just went to reinforce the fact that Griswold was nuts, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And don't you go falling in love with that, Clark. I'm taking it with when we leave here next month. (laughs) (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. Home to the gruntled employees because it's the disgruntled employees that tend to cause the problem. That means we're the gruntled ones, right? Oh, my goodness. Does that mean happy? If you're not disgruntled, you're gruntled. I guess. I've never bothered to dig into the definition. I'm a gruntled employee. (laughs) When did we start hearing that phrase? Um, Disgruntled? Yeah. Gruntled. Disgruntled. Gruntled, I think, was just a few minutes ago. But but, uh, disgruntled. I'm not sure. We used to... I think it was back when we started having postal workers go crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And that goes, that goes back far enough that some people are going, what what is he talking about? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) All right. A disgruntled employee blows up a warehouse. Well, there's a reaction for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A disgruntled employee allegedly blew up an oil warehouse. She was working at in Thailand because her boss stressed her out. Wow. Let's pause for a moment so everybody can relate. (laughs) (laughs) 38-year-old Ann Sria was seen on camera walking into the Propicorn Oil Warehouse in Nakhon Pathorn Province on the outskirts of Bangkok on November 29th. The woman was said to have thrown thrown a lit piece of paper into a fuel container, which caused a massive blaze on the building where thousands of gallons of oil were being stored. The inferno quickly spread due to the flammable uh, material housed inside. Dark plumes of smoke billowed out from the single-story warehouse as more than 40 fire engines worked to extinguish this massive fire. Firefighters also had to prevent the burning oil from spilling into a canal and reaching a residential area nearby. It reportedly took four hours to finally bring the blaze under control. More than 10 houses were reportedly damaged while a villager suffered burns on her arm. That person, however, has been sent to the hospital out of danger now. Officers estimated the cost of damage to the property to be an estimated whopping $1.2 million U.S. Police arrested Anne, who worked as head of the warehouse on December 1st, she allegedly confessed to committing arson and claimed she was driven by the stress her 65-year-old employer, Pipat Ungra, whatever his name is. I can't You know what, Mark? Yes. I'm going to be straight up and tell yeah. you that just the names alone are stressing me out. I'm telling you. Okay? You're not the one reading them out loud. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at him going, uh-huh. Prapicorn? I mean. Yeah, I know. And the, the Major General... What's his name? Said uh, this yeah. is the second time a fire has started in this factory. The woman's been working for the company for nine years. She First said her. On and on. I'm looking at these things. I'm thinking I need to go to a meeting. <laughs> Perthanon? <laughs> Let's see, what's that guy? Chamchawan Perthanon. Okay. That's why it was smart to go with Major General. That's you were right. good on that one. Major, the Major General, what's yes. his name? Yes. Okay. She said her employer complained to her and caused her stress every day, and she didn't expect the fire. She started to cause this level of damage. Um, hmm. She was remanded in custody while the police interviewed the factory owner. I mean, what well, what was her expectation? I mean, I mean she, she threw a piece of paper into into an oil a burning piece of paper into an oil vat, and surprise, he caught yeah. on fire. Let's see. <laughs> you know it's flammable. 
and uh, you decided to start it, but you didn't know it was going to be that flammable? I mean, were you thinking it would just flame for a minute and go out? Because Let's see, you worked at an oil place uh-huh. for 20 years and didn't yeah. know what would happen? Yeah, didn't know it was flammable. Okay. Right. Yeah. Let's get that guy, the treasure hunter, who claims he doesn't know, you know... <laughs> Been in jail for six years saying he doesn't have the answer and see if the two of them can hook up. There you go. The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm. It is ye old Mark and Mac Show. Ding, ding, ding. Had to throw it in there for you just for fun. Thank you. I know. There. (laughs) And uh, heading into uh, Christmas is always a load of fun. Uh, I enjoy it. I like having the uh, decorations up and all that, you know, Yeah. and uh, just it's always a, it, it's like in the movie Scrooge at the end of it, when Bill Murray says, I get it now, you know? Yeah. And it is that time of year where we all, um, I I do think we try harder to be the person we've always wanted to be. Mm. And I do think generally speaking that most people, not all, but most, most of us really do want to have a caring heart, you know, to care more about others than we do ourselves. And yeah, you know, we do want to live the the life that we've been called to live daily. Mm. And at Christmas time, it just becomes a little more obvious, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I that's probably, I, I think that's the message Home Alone teaches. I mean, yeah. think, you know, you, oh, you yeah. watch that movie and think Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when that movie came out, I asked my dad, have you seen this movie? He said, yeah, that kid knows a thing or two about pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's but, true. Yeah, it's true. But he, at the, in the end, he ends up going to church cause the family always does. And in the end, right. he ends up not judging the creepy, scary neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. he ends up being the person I think he probably really wanted to be right. You know, which is a pretty cool story. That is. Yeah. I'm glad you, I, I didn't have that on my list of uh, movies to watch. And now you do. And uh, yeah. now I do. Yeah. It'll be back in there. All right, <laughs> I got it. There's a story, Mark, coming out of uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And let me just lay this out there that um, there are always interpersonal relationships that we don't know much about in terms of people. And in this case, you've got a man named Jerry McDonald. He's 49. Jerry and his wife have been married for two years. And yet, but they've known one another for like 20 years. Okay. So, they were, they were uh, a couple who had been, you know, friends for a long time before they actually romantically moved on with their life. You know, that's pretty exciting when you think about it, you know, I think. Anyway, well, Jerry is, uh, he, he is, um, works for, I'm trying to get, I want to get the name right because it's like a hospital EMS thing. Okay. And, uh, very respected guy, um, he uh, is the uh, also a volunteer fire uh, uh, police officer for a small town of Red Bank, Tennessee. Mm. And uh, so this is a guy, um, Erlinger Life Force. That's what it is. He's the Erlinger, Erlinger Life Force Special Operations Manager. Okay, this is a company that uh, is, deals with people at their you know, worst medical times, you know, emergency services and things like that. So this is a guy who's pretty well thought of in the community. Um, he actually drank too much one night okay Mm. and the next day he was pretty passed out so his wife again the woman he's known for 20 years married for the last two she gets his phone because he's passed out drunk she knows he's not going to make it to work that afternoon Mm. so she gets his phone to call out you know text or call her her his boss and say hey can't make it i'm sick today or whatever okay yeah, yeah as a good wife would do 
covering for her husband. And she's looking at his phone and she sees some text messages. Uh Oh yeah. And the text messages a are to another woman. Um, in these text messages, Jerry McDonald, the <laughs> well thought of EMS guy, volunteer police officer. He's talking to his girlfriend, a woman who has four children at 39 years old. Her name is Vanessa Nelson. Hmm. And he's basically telling her, I need you to help kill my wife. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Now, Miss Nelson thinks it's a joke at first. Okay. Just playing it off, you know, oh, funny. And he obviously, Jerry, think about this. He's so drunk the day that he's passed out drunk. His wife's trying to call him out sick for work. Hmm. But right before he passes out, he's texting his girlfriend that I, I'm assuming his wife didn't know that he had a girlfriend. Yeah. They've only been married two years. Dude, you're still in the, the 24 month honeymoon phase is still going on, you would think. Hmm. Anyway, please kill her, babe. Please, I'm begging you. That's what he's texting his girlfriend. Wow. And he says she's worth a million. I'm saying we kill her and I collect a million and we live like the kings and queens we are. Hmm. Now imagine you find that text on your spouse's phone, Mark. Wow. I'm thinking you're not real happy about that. Uh, no. Yeah. So he lays it all out there. Now you'd think he's going to play this off as just, you know, drunk phone, you know, being stupid. Hmm. But here's the deal. He claims she's got a million in insurance. He also further claims that her dad has a million in cash and is safe at his house. And he's saying, I'm saying, and this is a direct quote, I'm saying I won't get caught stealing the money. Hmm. Now, the girlfriend backs off finally, and she says, hey, we aren't criminals, you know? Yeah. And he says, uh, and, and she goes, and we don't care about money. <laughs> at least I don't. Now, she's trying to separate herself from this guy. Yeah. At this point. But he says, well, I don't either, but I'm saying we have a way if we choose. I'm not even joking. All I want is you, babe. Hmm. That's all I care about. Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I think Cher is going to sue <laughs> because Sonny's dead and can't. Right. You know, yeah. All I want is you, I want you, babe. So there we have it, Mark. The wow. One of the respected members of the community who works with EMS on a daily basis, helping to save lives, a police officer who believes in taking care of the community so much to serve and protect. He volunteers for a community that can't afford extra police officers. Hmm. And he's there texting his girlfriend about killing his wife of two years. Wow. Yeah. Merry Christmas, huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah. they're, they're they're two years together. Odds yeah. are, I got to be honest with you, odds are this was probably going on before they got married. Oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this guy's, this guy yeah. is, uh, is a two-faced hound dog. And, yep. uh, and she should learn a valuable lesson about this time that this mm -hmm. guy is not at all who she assumed he was. <laughs> right. And uh, she should probably, she should probably put some distance between herself and him as quickly as possible. <laughs> Got a feeling he's going to be in the prison for a while. I have a feeling maybe so. When they, uh, if they start doing some digging, they may find this is not his only, uh, the, not his only indiscretion, and not yeah. necessarily with other ladies, but uh, mm. in other ways. Because if he's willing, if he's willing to propose this kind of a, a situation, <laughs> killing somebody right. for the insurance money and then taking stealing somebody else's money, what else? Yeah. Is, what else is he contemplated do doing or done? 
or done. That's the key. I was going to ask you if you think yes. maybe this will lead to uncovering some other unsolved crimes, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd throw that as we go through that time of season where we're talking about yeah. love, compassion, and being the person mm-hmm. we wanted to be. Jerry McDonald setting the bar pretty low. Yep. So lesson learned. If you're going to be a stupid criminal, don't pass out and leave your phone where your wife can find it. (laughs) (laughs) LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, Amarillo, whenever I see that name, I'm reminded of uh, Amarillo by Morning by George Strait. Oh. And I think about armadillos, you know, just... That's what I think of. Like, I see it. Armadillo, so, wait, okay. What? Oh, it's Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a friend of ours that when you'd be driving down the road, uh, Tom Slick would oh, yeah. just to mess with people because he has a weird sense of humor. He would like swerve the car real quick, you know, act like he was avoiding something. <laughs> and he's, oh, Armadillo. <laughs> really? That? <laughs> you know, we well, didn't, we didn't, used, it used to be you didn't see armadillos here. Right. You know, I remember seeing them uh, in Florida when I'd go to visit family down mm-hmm. there. And I thought, yeah. wow, those are weird little creatures. Yeah. And you'd see them, you know, they're in Texas, they're in southwestern mm-hmm. states and stuff like that. And and then you started seeing them a little further north. And now they're here. Right. And, and well, they're even north of here. It's global warming. They're taking over the planet. Mm-hmm. It's armadillo world is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's a movie coming out this fall. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it's the summer blockbuster. Armadillo. The Amarillo Armadillo. Okay, now, <laughs> it, yes. uh-huh. now here's what's bad. I don't think armadillos are in this story, but I'm just no, throwing it out there. No, Maybe it is. No. Maybe it's armadillo jerky. Okay. That could be it. There's a pair of suspected thieves. They're, they're getting attention from the Amarillo Crime Stoppers. And do you know uh-huh. how hard it's going to be for me to say Amarillo now that we've said armadillo I know. so many times? Yep, <laughs> I do. According to a Tuesday morning Facebook post, the organization is looking for two people suspecting uh, suspected of taking over $1,000 worth of beef jerky from various <laughs> convenience stores in recent months. Police are offering a reward of up to $1,000 for anyone who submits a tip leading to an arrest. Photos of suspects are used in the story for informational purposes only, by the way. You can't see them here, but boy, they're ugly. Um, all suspects are considered innocent until or unless proven guilty. Yada, yada, yada. Dude, but... Beef Are jerky? you serious? I'm serious. Beef jerky. How much are they stealing? I, it has to be a pickup truck load. I, yeah. <laughs> beef jerky. I. They're offering a $1,000 reward. For a $1,000 crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, did you know that in the, uh, the, it's a thing, and I think I've mentioned it to you before, but there are actually beef jerky outlets. <laughs> you haven't mentioned this to me before. Okay. In, there are beef jerky outlets in the uh, Sevierville Pigeon Forge area in Tennessee, <laughs> you know, where it's trying really yeah. hard to be Branson, Missouri. You know, it really yeah. is. And they have all kinds of wonderful tourism things to go see and do there. As seen on TV. The as seen on TV store, the big converted grocery store that's got every as seen on TV item you've ever seen. And many you haven't. And there's also a beef jerky outlet. I I kid you not. The uh, I kept seeing ads for it. You know how you see them popping up on TVs, the mm-hmm. ads for the local places. Yeah. And I kept seeing the ads for the beef jerky outlet. I saw them in printed things. And I thought, what the wicked a beef jerky outlet? And then I passed it. 
I said, oh, <laughs> really? It's really there. I, I didn't go in, but I did. I pulled into the parking lot and I took a picture of the place just to say, I've seen the beef jerky outlet. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Mark, there's one in Foley, Alabama. There. <laughs> yeah. Road trip. Beefjerkyoutlet.com. Here, no, here's what we need to do. We need to find a beef jerky outlet near a pizza inn. Okay? <laughs> That's what we got to find. It's the Mark and Mac Indigestion Tour. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show. And I do think it's official, Mark. We now have heard everything, you know, <laughs> that there is nothing left after the beef jerky outlet. <laughs> I, I told Mark during the music, I'm like, dude, if we actually had a client, okay, mm. somebody calls us and says we'd like to place an ad for the beef jerky outlet, we would think they were messing with we us. Would. I wouldn't. I would not have thought it was a real thing. So now... As I've told you before, I have a craving for pizza in, and there's nothing near uh, where we live, so we're planning the road trip. Now, we just got to add a few extra things to it, like monkey brains and stuff like that, or monkey meat, rather, and we'll be set. We can find a, uh, a Rolaids outlet to add to the, yeah. end of the trip. We'll take our canned monkey meat yeah. with us. Oh, my and, goodness yeah. gracious. All right, Mark. That's the crazy. University of Central Missouri mm-hmm. has something that, Again, now it this is like a punchline. Uh huh. It's a it's a Guinness World Record. A University of Central Missouri parade featuring fifty people riding mules down a road has set a Guinness World Record. The university says the mules participated in a parade celebrating the one hundred and fiftieth anniversary of the school, and officials submitted videos, photos, and other evidence from the events to Guinness for review. Um, UCM officials said they received word last Wednesday that the October 23rd parade officially broke the world record for the largest ridden parade of mules. (laughs) Quote, (laughs) we are beyond thrilled to be named as the record holder for the largest ridden parade of mules, says Jackie Jackie Jackson. (laughs) Boy, that sounds like a radio name. Hey, or a comic. Jackie Jackson tonight on the big stage. <laughs> He's the associate vice president of the for the UCM Alumni Foundation and one of the events organizers. That's what he said in the school's announcement. The uh, University of Central Missouri was founded in 1871 and adopted the mule as its official mascot in 1922. Um, <laughs> Jackson says, when we first announced that we were going to try to do this in UCM's 150th year, the number one question we were asked was, Why? <laughs> And the answer is, if anyone were to set a record for a parade of mules, it should be UCM at the homecoming parade. Wow. <laughs> this um, this accomplishment is de- demonstrative of who we are as a university, a proud, mule-strong institution that <laughs> thrives with the community's involvement and support. Good for them. <laughs> now, the official uh, Benson, North Carolina Mule Days celebration is gearing up for next year, and they're going to oh. try. I, no, I'm Mark. I actually knew a girl who won Benson, North Carolina Mule Day Queen. Okay, yeah. I'm not kidding. They, this is actually a thing. They do it every September. Okay, and it runs for a couple of days. And uh, I mean, we're talking carnival rides the whole the whole nine. And uh, I'm not kidding. When this girl I knew that it was a big pageant, and she mm-hmm. was talking about being Mule Day Queen. And at first, I thought she was making a joke, you know, and then I would realize she because I was thinking of punchlines, and I'm thankful I didn't utter any of them, and then found out it was real. So, you know, if you actually go and do a little thing of Mule Days, you will find Mule Day celebrations all over the great nation of them, you know? Oh, thank you, Guinness. They'll invent a category for anything. 
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings from uh, 6 till 10. Then all day long, we've got the soundtrack for your life playing. Just great music all day long. We we do ask that you share it with a friend just, you know, on social media or uh, roll down the window of your car or, you know, whatever you want to do. Works for us. Um, there Here, let me just give you the headline that Mark sent, okay? Right. Australian vacationer returns home to discover $1.4 million lottery win. Ooh. Yep. Now, Mark, I'm going to tell you, that's a pretty good headline. I'd like to have that in my life. You know? I, yeah, who wouldn't? An Australian man who bought a lottery ticket just before he took a vacation said he didn't discover until he got back home more than a week later that he was the winner of $1.4 million. The Box Hill Victoria man told the loft, uh, the lot officials, that is, lot, L-O-T-T, he bought a ticket for the November 20th, 7th, uh, 27th Tats Lotto drawing at the Box Hill South News Agency shortly before leaving town for a vacation with his wife. Quote, I'd been away on a holiday, actually, so I had no idea I'd even won. I scanned wow. the ticket on the lot, the lot app when I got home last week, and I was absolutely blown away. He discovered more than a week after the drawing that he'd won $1,434,400. He says, I showed it to my wife, and she didn't believe it either. She told me that we couldn't talk about it until we'd received the money. So we've been tight-lipped about it all. I couldn't believe it. It's so much more than I ever dreamed I'd win. The winner said he and his wife are making plans for the windfall. He says, uh, we'll pay off the mortgage first, then we'll invest some, too. We'll, all, we also plan some, uh, we'll also plan some trips to Europe, and then the rest we'll save for the future. Hmm. How old is this guy? He doesn't say. Okay. How, how much is the future? I know that's what you're thinking. Right. Yeah. How like, long is that? Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, we've joked about the lottery and we don't yeah. go out of our way, but no, you no, know, no. if I'm on my way back, um, that is kind of a traditional thing when we're on our way back from a weekend where we've gone to Tennessee or Georgia or Florida or whatever we do pick up, you know, but I don't, I don't know what I would do, you know, for real, because I've never had a lot of money. Mm. I mean, if you haven't been raised, and we've talked about this before, it's the reason people go bankrupt after having so much money because it's not, you got to learn to use money or it'll use you. True. Yeah. But I'd like to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I kind of like his plan to the, for the most part, he's going to pay off yeah. his mortgage, do some investing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the trips to Europe. I, you know, yeah, I might plan trips someplace. Not, I don't know that I'd go to Europe, but I might. Really? You know, have you ever but, been? No, I haven't been to Europe. Yeah. The Caribbean's pretty much it for me. That's, you know, been on cruises. That's about it. You know, I'd like to do like a biblical thing, you know, where oh, yeah. you can, I think that would be kind of neat. You yeah. know, you read about these places. Yeah. I mean, you read about all these places in the Bible and I'm a visual person. So I try to mm. visualize them. Yeah. And uh, like, I remember, you know, finding out about the Via Della Rosa and how people can walk down that mm, still. Yeah, yeah. And that, that to this day, whenever I, I mean, I'm not kidding. I think somewhere along the line, somebody's messing with this. I mean, is this actually the real, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, Mark, I, you know, is this the real one or mm-hmm. is this the one that was in a movie? Right. And that's what I'd like to know because <laughs> yes. I mean, in the U S we, it, we have something that's over a hundred years old. We make a big deal out oh, of it, yeah. but yeah. you go over there, you know, in different parts of the world and it's like, a hundred years old is secondhand. That's, yeah. you know, you yeah. can still you know, buy people it. People from Europe come here and say, it's 200 years old. Oh, that's cute. 
You yeah. know, imagine <laughs> right. they got things that are 5,000 years old. Right. So, you know, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, so I would like to do that. I think that'd be a kind of neat trip, you yeah. know? Yeah, it would. It would. There are places I'd like to see. Yeah. Uh, there are cities I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see Paris. I'd like to see London. I'd like to yeah. see Tokyo. There are places I'd mm. like to go. But, uh, and look, you're looking at one point four million dollars, right? Yeah, and, you're not. And in, and in today's world, in today's world, you're either going to do the trip or you're going to re- set up a retirement fund. One of those right. two. It's one <laughs> you of those can't do two. Them both. <laughs> you can't. You're not doing them both. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, as we do get closer and closer to Christmas, uh, I keep thinking every time I drive by the Dixie Mart, is it time? You know, do I have to run into the convenience store to get my stuff? And, and guys uh, out front changing out the, uh, the the paper and the gas yeah. pump, and he waves at you, hey, Dave, we got the stuff in here you want. Yeah, nah, it's t- <laughs> weeks away. Come on, man. Really? You know. <laughs> We went to the uh, Dollar Tree with LaDonna yesterday. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, because we're picking up some stuff for the kids at school, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, you have to, we, they still do Christmas parties and things like that, you know, yeah. for little ones. And it's cute. And I did tell you, they, they have, like, on the arts and crafts aisle at the Dollar Tree, they have, like, a package of seven tiny little, uh, like, arts and crafts bottles. Okay. They're glass, a little cork on the end. Hmm. And I mean, they're, they're like a miniaturized version of, you know, the thing. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, you know, what could be cool is we could get enough. There's like 19 kids in the class. So buy it buy 19 of these things and we can use the gold stuff over here and put it in there and, you know, just put a little tag on gold, you know, and just, I mean, that would be a neat gift for a you know, first grader, right? I think. And if you filled it with gold glitter, then you'd never have to talk to any of the parents ever again. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like, I. I told her, I'm like, don't you think that would be neat? She didn't, she didn't die. She goes, Dave, you know what they would do with it? I'm like, come on, baby. I'm not thinking about that. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking this is cheap. <laughs> yes. I'm like, ah, I can't win. Man. <laughs> it's the dollar tree. You know, there's a big well, article a couple of months ago. The how the dollar tree is the buck and a quarter tree, right? Yeah. They're raising prices. And uh, I didn't see that last night. I didn't notice yeah. it, you know, but I mean, it's I, the Dollar Tree, you uh-huh. know. It's like, yeah, and I saw recently the uh, somebody was talking about. Uh, it was an ad. It was an ad for Five Below. That's a store where everything is five bucks or under, right? Okay. And and it says at Five Below, or everything is five uh, below. It's everything ten dollars or less. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's, <laughs> it's supposed to be five yeah. or less. <laughs> well, you know, you could put around. You know. <laughs> In the vicinity oh, yeah. of five dollars, yes. Generally speaking, yes. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mag Show. There's a story out of Michigan, and it look, man. If you find a World War One era artillery shell. <laughs> That's a big find. It, it but, is. Yes, but I would be a little. I mean, I'm. You're assuming it's not. You know active but you don't uh, know I, I wouldn't okay. <laughs> well probably a wise choice i mean that's the warning everybody gives you is if you ever stumble across something like that don't touch it right 
because you never know. And right. and with age, they can become unstable, and you just never yeah. know what's going to set them off. Well, a family yeah, in Michigan. See, that's how they describe me most of the time, Mark. <laughs> you know? It's my entire childhood. Um, a That's family. my entire adulthood, dude. <laughs> Do not go on that guy's yard. That's He's right. unstable. You don't know what's going to set him off. set him off. A family in Michigan was cleaning house. When they came across an explosive, seeming fine, last month, they discovered a World War One ammunition shell. It was filled with an unexpected treasure. Inside their, their abode, they somehow dredged up an antiquated artillery round from a bygone era. Worried that the shell was still alive, they con- contacted uh-huh. the local police in Lansing and the Michigan State Police Bomb Squad. They used x-ray equipment to examine the round and wow. determined it was a World War One era ammunition round, but not, in fact, a live one. Instead, oh. a trove of antique coins and bills dating back to the late 1800s and early 1900s was inside the shell. Wow. Snapping photos for posterity and for their Twitter page. Because, of course, uh, Michigan uh, State Police posted several pictures of the bombshell find on social media showing off the rare round. Although the police confiscated the World War One artillery shell, they did leave the family with the loot that they found inside. Well, why would they confiscate the shell? I mean, once you make sure it's OK, I mean, I, that yeah. would be a cool thing to have. Yeah, I don't know why. That was the hmm. question I had. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The whole time I'd be thinking, great, I got all this old money. I guess I'll go get it appraised. What was that shell worth? Yeah. (laughs) LifeRadio.fm. It's ye old Mark and Mac show as we count it down, heading into (laughs) the holiday. And, you know, you and I kind of checked out a while ago. Oh, yeah, Um, back in April. I think it was, yeah, of 2007. (laughs) And um, anyway, so... There's a story that says mum. Anytime you have mum, M-U-M, in yeah. the title, you know it's British, right? It's from the U.K. For our friends okay. in the U.K. Because we are on in the U.K. Yep. Yeah. Well, TikTok star Clarissa Garza was shocked. Ah, wait a minute. Yeah. TikTok star. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to let that digest for a minute. Right. And I was wrong. Right. It's, it's not about a, somebody in the U.K., but it's, it's from the, it's, it was it was posted in the U.K. About, oh, okay. About somebody in the U.S., Oh, okay. Okay, I'm confused now. Can you take over? Uh, no, TikTok star- I cannot, and I don't even want to attempt it. So. <laughs> TikTok star Clarissa Garza was shocked when she found almost 250 bucks in cash stashed in, her da- stashed in her daughter's room. It was mostly made up of small bills. And the mom, she's from Dallas, had no idea where the money could have come from because <laughs> the girl's so young. There was no yeah. reason for her to have that kind of money. When she asked the young girl where the money came from, her daughter said she'd taken it from mom's purse to keep it safe. (laughs) Right. In a video uploaded to TikTok, Clarissa said she's five, so I don't know where she'd get the money from. Let's see how much is in there. Well, inside a plastic toy, Clarissa found a total of $247, made up mostly of $1 bills, but with the occasional 20, and there was... A one one hundred dollar bill in there, yeah, a hundred. So she's been snagging this out of mom's purse, and mom yeah. hasn't noticed. Well, I can understand not noticing the ones, yeah, but the twenty. I think I might. Well, I I know I had a twenty. You know, it is. But the hundred, of, the hundred. Yeah. Come on. This reminds me of W. C. Fields' nineteen forty movie, The Bank Dick, when he goes into the bar that Shim Powers oh. the bartender. <laughs> Was I in here last night, and I, did I spend a $20 bill? Well, yes, you were. Oh, good. I thought I'd lost it. <laughs>
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And, you know, when I saw this, I don't care if you have children, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, Mark. Where are you headed with this one? Is this a note you meant to? I don't care. (laughs) I'm like, was this a note you were going to send and it ended up in the prep? I'm just kind of curious here. Well, a woman has sparked some debate online after saying she doesn't give preferential treatment to parents when it comes to booking annual leave at Christmas, insisting that... uh, such leave is given out on a first-come, first-served basis. Sharing your story, story anonymously, the woman said that parents who work for her often feel entitled to the time off and will kick up a fuss if they're scheduled to work over the, the, uh, the holiday period. She insists that whoever asks first can have the time off, and it doesn't matter whether they have kids or not. Anyone who wants the time off has to ask. Uh, she took to the UK social network Mumsnet. Here we are with that word again, <laughs> Mum, to explain her position after another post went viral, where a parent had asked a child-free coworker to swap shifts so she could celebrate Christmas with her kids. The woman said, "I don't believe parents should be given priority when it comes to time off on any holiday, be it summer or Christmas, etc. I think it should always, generally, work on a first-come, first-served basis." I'm a parent now, but my opinion hasn't changed on that. I think if someone child-free has gotten there with the request before you, then that's tough. She went on to say how in the past she'd been refused time off in the summer because parents had booked their holidays in advance and were given first dibs on the best dates. She said at the time it made her feel annoyed and, and as if she had been discriminated against for not having kids. So now she doesn't give parents prefer, uh, preferential treatment. She continues... It's definitely something I've experienced in my workplace before, and after having children, it feels very unfair. I really don't think it's anyone else's responsibility to ensure you get time off during school holidays or things like Christmas, and that a child-free colleague has as much right to book the time off as any parent. Now, I don't disagree in principle. However, you know, if you you have this first-come, first-served thing, and you, you know, you can't say, well, let's call like calling shotgun when you leave the house, you know, you can't just call it on January 1st, you know? Mm, yeah. And anyway, I, I think there's probably a better way around it than being so harsh and just black and white about the whole thing that depending on the size of the company, I don't even know, you know, what the yeah. size is, yeah. but usually you can work these things out where everybody is, is happy. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, I'm I usually, and most because yeah. there's always going to be that one person that no matter what. You know, if you give them exactly what they want, they're still going to find a way to complain Mm, about it. Yeah. And I I can see this being an issue, especially if you're a medium to small company and you've got a, you know, not a whole heck of a lot of employees. And then you've got people coming to you and say, well, well, Mm so-and-so got that time off and I was really counting on it for the kids. Yeah. And you get that enough, you know, you get that enough and you're going to say, okay, that's it. Yep. I, I'm with you. I, I think agree. That, I think that's probably where she is. Okay, Man. that's it. But again, I just don't think that it serves anybody's real purpose to go public on these things. If you can keep yeah. it internal and talk about it gently and say, look, yeah. let's all let's all work together, you know. And uh, anyway, I, I, this is a real problem for because Mark and I grew up in an era, if you can imagine, before computers when you were doing radio, somebody had to be in the station oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so that meant somebody was going to have to work Christmas morning or Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And all those special occasions, there was somebody on the radio. Yep. And, you know, it it just, <laughs> the way it is, man. That somebody was me now and then, yeah. too, you know, so. It was. It happens. But you negotiate. 
try to work yeah, it out so yeah. that you know and i think what this illustrates more than anything else is the 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 detriment to to our society that social media is yes because we have somebody yeah. here who could who probably handled this by herself in person in her company but she felt need the need to air her dirty laundry or her yeah. laundry as she sees yes. it on social media and ask, do you think I'm wrong? Right. Well, why are you soliciting the input of a bunch of people you don't know yep. about a decision you've made? Right. Why? Because it's the thing to do now because of social media. There you go. Mm-hmm. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.